Welcome to Bloombox Growing Deeper. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah. And we're on a mission to help you become the gardener you want to be. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We are going to talk about community projects today. It's a little something different. Yeah, it's it's a little bigger than what we usually talk about, which is what to do at your home. Mm-hmm. But this is the season of grant applications for us where people are applying to us to fund their projects. Does grant season ever end anymore? No, no. but it, it changes phases. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's for sure. We're in the applying part. We've just finished the reimbursing part. and I think the most telling thing for people is when I tell them, at any given time, I am living in three fiscal years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's happening. I need to just write them down <laughs> at some point. Right. It's like we're reviewing the last one, we're in this one, and we're planning for the next one. And then Three. you have like, we work off of an academic fiscal year. Mm-hmm. Some people work off of whatever they made up with their accountant, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, it's all different, but grants are the same. There's always something happening with them. Yes. And right now we're working with people who are planning future projects that they want us to give them money for. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought this would be a good time to talk about what goes into planning a successful project. And um, I know some of our listeners may be thinking about doing one or you might be involved in a current application. Right. We find that people get into gardening and they get into tree planting and then they want to spread the love, which we really appreciate because yeah. that's what we believe in too, is spread out the love and the the expertise across as, as wide and far as you can. And so then they want to do a community project and it sounds really easy, like, oh, I'll just plant some trees in some yards, but it's not always that simple. No, I got a degree in production horticulture mm-hmm. and I spent a significant amount of time learning how city administration works and I did not yeah. see that connection coming in my life. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, you can't just dig a hole and plant a tree wherever you want in the society as it is now. (laughs) People have opinions Mm -hmm. and zones and things that are fun. Mm -hmm. All for good good reasons, usually. For very good reasons. (laughs) And we just need to learn how to navigate that. But so many of you have done that. There's so many Mm -hmm. faces that I see on Project Day who I saw once in the greenhouse as a you know, shopper, mm-hmm. and then maybe as a volunteer, maybe as a Bloombox recipient. And then I got an email saying, I just love plants so much. Other people need plants and I'm going to help them get them. Yes, so. that's right. Oh, I love it. So we have a couple interviews coming up. Mm-hmm. First, Hannah's going to ask me the same questions yes. that we have already asked in our in our timeline, but in yours, you're going to hear them after. And then we have uh, my colleagues, Justin and Kendall. I guess all, both of ours, but we serve on a team together. We call it the Green Infrastructure Team. And Justin is our supervisor, and Kendall and I are, he's a Sustainable Communities Coordinator. Sure. And I'm a Sustainable Landscape Specialist. But in I reality... call you all Grant Administrators. We're both Grant <laughs> Administrators or Coordinators. <laughs> uh, Kendall works more with tree planting projects. I work more with landscape projects, but we integrate mm-hmm. and we work together. Um, and we benefit from the fact that Justin did this for many years before us. Yes. So, And right. that doesn't mean, you know, Kendall works more with trees, but we try to be 
you know, thoughtful in how we do projects mm-hmm. and trees live best in communities. So often his projects include shrubs and perennials and things. And of course, Sarah's, um, you know, garden and landscape wouldn't be complete without a tree here Never. or there. So they they cross. And sometimes it's the same project, mm-hmm. getting funding from both. Got funding through Kendall's grant to plant a whole bunch of trees and then learned that they could also get funding through a different grant for landscape or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we just smash the two together. Smashing them. Yeah. <laughs> Our goal is just to get plants and trees in communities with people who care about them. That's right. And we'll take care of them yes yes all right you ready to answer some questions all right Sarah? i have the benefit of listening to everyone else's answers first but. <laughs> there we go that means you have to come up with the answer that nobody else came i know up with. yeah i get to say the thing that we wished mm-hmm. got included so go okay. ahead okay and i may throw in my I, I don't work in community projects but i process all the grant yeah stuff, all the paperwork so. we didn't talk about paperwork at all no because it's dumb <laughs> <laughs> we wish we didn't have to. That's right. Okay, Sarah. So we already know who you are. and But do you want to expand a little bit on what exactly your job is? Yeah, I think most of you know me through the Bloombugs program, which was a very tiny part of my job. Mm-hmm. But my, my full job includes coordinating a grant we call Greener Towns, a grant we call Waterwise Landscapes, and whatever else Hannah applies for and gets <laughs> <laughs> in any given year. Hey, I've been su- successful lately. Yeah. And through that, what I do is I I set up an application process. I go out and try to get people to apply for these. Sometimes they flood us. Sometimes I have to, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, kind of drum up some drum up some projects. (laughs) But I take applications. I help them plan these projects. We help them through, you know, planting and and early maintenance. Some need a lot of help. Some are fully ready to go. They have experienced project coordinators. Um, I think that makes us different from other funders that we're involved Mm -hmm. you know we do at some point have to make a choice between projects to fund but um we're not a we're not a standoff funder that just wants you to turn in your receipts at the end yes yes (laughs) that's for sure yeah so how do you define a successful community project I think you're going to hear Justin Kendall echo this, but for me, it's that it lasted more than a year. The longevity. The longevity. So planting day is super fun, Mm -hmm. but planting day is not the fulfillment of that project. (laughs) So I want to see plants have a chance to mature. And then... They need, it needs to serve some need. One of probably the biggest things that frustrates me is when I read entire application and the only goal I could come up with was beautification of a corner. Yeah. Um, we we want to see this project give something back to the community, whether mm-hmm. it made something safer, cooler, prettier. Um, help with stormwater. Help with stormwater. Beautification is a part of all of mm-hmm. that, but it's sort of a given. Right. So we want to see a project that serves people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what, in your experience, has predicted if a project you are working with will be successful? For me, it it does not. I don't need people that have a lot of, you know, perfect plant experience. But mm-hmm. I do want to see at least a couple people that have experience committing to a project and yeah. seeing it through. <laughs> it could be anything. It could be vacuuming your church basement every week. I don't care. I just want to mm-hmm. see that you understand what volunteering in a community means. Right. It doesn't end on planting day that we're going to see this through and that you have the ability to get other people to help you do that job. Mm-hmm. And I want to see people who know 
to submit paperwork on time. <laughs> yes. We're really struggling with that one. That's kind of a sneaky thing. If, you know, we could have a project full of people who are mm-hmm. excellent horticulturists, excellent gardeners. Um, but if you can't keep a deadline in mind or keep a requirement in mind that you need to meet, yep. it's hard to, to help. I have to say that is something to keep in mind when you're doing a project. Like my husband and I talk about this all the time because our whole jobs is is paper pushing, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> getting things done, getting <laughs> contracts through, getting things submitted, right? And so we may not be the perfect person to help with the planting because I can't be gone for a day or mm-hmm. I can't like come and help water on a consistent basis. But I could be the person in your project who makes sure that every single piece of paper is done and done right and on time. Yes. And so I think that is something to consider if you're doing something that requires you to turn it like a grant project if you're just buying plants and planting them in a community garden you probably don't need that person but in a project like ours yeah it really helps to have you know some of the the most helpful people i've seen on projects is the um you know office administrator or mm-hmm. the financial specialist who has no knowledge of what a peony versus Eliatrices, right? But knows how to get the receipt that you need. Knows how to get a government entity to pay something on time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> those people are so valuable. Mm-hmm. So something to keep in mind. What are some of the red flags that make you hesitate to get involved? This is I always hate saying this because somebody's always listening, going, "Oh shoot, that's me." Mm-hmm. But if the the lack of sight beyond planting, yeah, and you see this a lot. Um, you know, I'm going to get the school kids to plant. They'll have such a great learning experience. That's fantastic. I want kids to learn too. Mm-hmm. But planting day is not the end for me. And it's not the end of our contracts either. And if you've ever worked with kids, like they, it's going to be fun probably, but it's not the most effective right. <laughs> planting. So I guess that's kind of two red flags <laughs> yeah. in one. One, lack of sight for mm-hmm. ma- for the management a project takes, but also I'm starting to lose more and more patience with projects that say, well, the school kids will do it. The Girl Scouts will do it. The Boy Scouts will do it. Did you even ask them? Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time I find out they didn't even ask. Yeah. Somebody just assumed their town's FFA is waiting at their beck and call. Mm-hmm. You have to ask the people you're volunteering to right. help if they have the time and capacity to help. Mm-hmm. And we're going to ask you if you asked them. We are going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> so be prepared yeah. for that. Most of the time those groups are great help mm-hmm. and it's a great learning experience. Experience, but you can't volunteer them for them. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Any other red flags? Those are those are the two consistent mm-hmm. ones. The interesting thing I think Kendall says this too is projects will surprise you. Um, in you know, we try really hard to write an application that doesn't require an English major yeah. to <laughs> fill it out. Um, so sometimes we get people whose their talent is not writing a compelling mm-hmm. sentence about their project, but they're excellent at moving people in their community. So my my constant red flags are low. It usually comes out in conversation with them mm-hmm. um, if the, if somebody's fully thought through yeah. what they're asking us to do. Yeah. So what is something that people can start doing today to begin a project in their community? I have two things. And the first thing is you need to identify a need mm-hmm. um, and your need to plant something is not a need for your community. Yeah. So I, I hope you all find a place to plant when you need to plant. But that doesn't make a community project. A right. community project means my downtown needed shade. 
I can solve that problem for them. Uh, my school needed a place to observe insects. I can solve that problem for them. Um, we have e- erosion problems by our baseball field. You can solve that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, just I want to plant a tree. It's not a problem. Right. For anybody but you. And I do hope you solve that. (laughs) Um, But identify a need in a community because the project that solves a need is the project that's going to get a maintenance budget. Right. It's the project that's going to get a volunteer to come help fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's probably the first thing. Um, And the second thing is just start meeting people. Meet the people that make things happen in your town. It's not always the mayor. Sometimes it's the mayor. I've met some great projects that were fully pushed through by their mayors. Mm -hmm. But usually... The mayor's the person that helps people make things happen. Yeah. You got to find the mover and the shaker that gets volunteers to show up, mm-hmm. that has influence over the school board, that whatever whatever you yep. need done, meet those people, make friends with them, <laughs> make them want to do your project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. this is maybe a peek behind the curtain, but we're recording on a day when yesterday we had the webinar for lawn conversions. Yeah. And we talked to Steve Schaefer at um, Aldersgate Gardens, mm-hmm. Brad and him had a discussion. And what I, you know, we worked with that project for a, a really long time. Yeah. And they have excellent support within their community to make it happen. But I had never heard the story of how it started. Mm-hmm. And when he talked about like, well, we started with the water pooled in a really bad spot and we needed to come up with a rain garden and a way to channel it because it was affecting our neighbors. It was affecting us. It wasn't safe. And so we brought people together and we said, this is a need. We can fix it with a garden. Yeah, that project was one of the first ones I helped with when I started Mm -hmm. my career here. And that's a perfect example of what we showed. Steve is he is the parish council head. So he's got the power himself, but he got all those people behind him because he had a solution to a problem. Mm -hmm. And when you go to your neighbors and say, I'll solve a problem for you, they show up. Mm -hmm. When you go to your neighbors and say, I want to overhaul this whole thing because I want (laughs) to beautify a corner, they go, "Mm, have fun. (laughs) But when you say you can solve a problem, those neighbors, every single one of them was there Mm -hmm. um, ready to help, to hand over part of their yard to help make it happen. They got engagement that I haven't seen at many. Mm-hmm. Um, they even got financial yeah. assistance from their neighbors, which they was did. huge. And then, then they they followed through on that. Mm-hmm. They didn't claim to solve a problem and then forget to maintain it. Mm-hmm. They followed through. And so the neighborhood has followed through back financially and volunteer-wise mm-hmm. and appreciation-wise. That's right. Yes. Well, is there anything else about community projects you want to share? Everyone did a really, I think the others did a good job and I think we'll wait and let you hear from them. Okay. Okay. Enjoy listening. All right. We are here with Kendall now uh, and Kendall's going to tell us a little bit about his work with community projects. So Kendall, can you start by telling us just who you are, what you do, and how you usually interact with community projects? Yes, uh, my name is Kendall Wires. I'm officially the Sustainable Communities Coordinator, and um, that's a fancy way of saying I'm a a grant coordinator. Um, My interaction with communities varies quite a bit from project to project. I basically tailor my efforts to fit their needs. Um, It can be any part of the project. what I find I'm most helpful on is when they s- encounter challenges that they haven't encountered before, but they're usually ones that I've encountered through this work already, so I can help them out with those. 
Mm-hmm. And I guess I know we didn't talk with Justin about this, but you typically help with the tree projects. Correct. You're a very tree focused grant, whereas Sarah does more of the gardens, pollinators stuff. <laughs> yes. Uh, my grants are mostly tree focused. There are some other plants involved typically, but uh, it is definitely tree focused. So it's a little bit different animal than what Sarah's working on. Mm-hmm. Yes. So how do you define a successful community project? Um, it can be defined in a lot of different ways, I think. But I think the main one is that it has a long-term positive impact. Mm-hmm. Um, some projects involve a lot of people and community building, and that's great. But it doesn't. it's not essential for a project to be successful, in my mind. Um, there can be new bonds built between groups or individuals that didn't exist before, and we really like to see that. Um, but again, I go back to the long-term positive impact of the space or the, the plants that are we're getting in the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is something that we focus on with all, all of our projects is like, how are you going to ensure that this continues to have good environmental services, right, for the next however long Correct. we can keep it? Mm-hmm. Wonderful. What, in your experiences, has predicted if a project you start working with will be successful? So what are the things in the application or in the conversations you're having with people that tell you they've thought this out and it's going to go well? Uh, I've found that it's really hard to predict, (laughs) but uh, ones that have been successful that have looked good from the start um, were ones that were they really grasped what we were trying to do with our, what, what our program really means. Uh, you know, we put in our introductory material all the goals that we have and what the project's about. And if they really grasp that and have um, the same intentions as we do, then that often leads to a successful project. If they don't get it, then that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. Which segues in great to our next question is, what are those red flags? So sounds like not knowing what the point of the program is, but do, do you have others? Uh, yeah. I mean, some people, you know, I'm kind of like an editor. If they can't even cross their T's and dot their I's, then that's a red flag to me that uh, they might not be able to execute the more complicated parts of the project. And again, not following our guidelines. Uh, our goals are one thing, but not even following our guidelines about tree diversity and, um, you know, just appropriate use of right plant in right place. If they're not understanding those things, that is a, a definite red flag to me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if they're just kind of chasing the money without knowing that they <laughs> need to follow certain rules, regulations, guidelines, all of that good stuff. Exactly. I definitely get that sense from some applications that mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. So sincerity is good. Correct. <laughs> yes, exactly. Perfect. So what is something that people can start doing today to begin a project in their community? And one reason why I really like this question for you is because, yes, you have the grant side of things, but you have also led a lot of projects in your own community for tree planting. So what kind of insight do you have uh, for folks on that? Um, I think a way to get started is just to find a need. I mean, sometimes people are trying to shoehorn things into places that they don't really fit or there isn't really a need. Uh, so if you have a space that needs some sort of landscape help, uh, that's a good start. And then from there, start building support 
um, spark a building a broad group of people that are interested and able to contribute in some way, and then to think creatively about the space and open mind with an open mind. Some people go in with a real set mindset of uh, it's got to be like this when they don't realize that there are a lot of other options that they could consider that would be better for the space. Mm-hmm. So kind of find people who can provide expertise and help plan as well. Yeah, some a good landscape design uh, really goes a long way. It's not essential, but uh, there are um, people with expertise that think through things a little deeper than most individuals mm-hmm. that uh, can see things that uh, the average person doesn't see. Yeah, awesome. Is there anything else about successful or unsuccessful project planning you want to share? I didn't mention the uh, one of the aspects of a successful project that I really like to see is when there's a good education outreach mm-hmm. component. Um, because what we do for the space definitely does have a positive impact, but if that can contribute to other people doing other spaces in a similar way with sustainable landscaping and benefiting um, areas or people in need, then that really, uh, you know, multiplies the effect of that first project. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming in today, Kendall. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Glad to help. Thanks. Okay, this is Sarah here with Justin Evertson. Justin, do you want to tell us a little bit about your job with NSA and the Nebraska Forest Service? Sure. I'm considered the Green Infrastructure Coordinator, and I get to help work with all our green-oriented community programs, so tree planning and sustainable landscaping. And there's a team of us, so the good thing is I don't have to do a lot of the physical work anymore, but just uh, appreciate what everybody else is doing. That's probably not what you wanted to hear. But no, that's, that's great. Uh, that's I think that's perfect. You you have in the past worked very yes. hands-on with community right, projects. Yep. and Hundreds and hundreds. Yep. Now you're kind of in charge of Kendall and I doing the same work. I wouldn't say in charge of, I just appreciate <laughs> from a distance, but uh, yeah, no, no I'm part of the team and I get to go out and it's kind of fun now to be directed by you and Kendall a little bit to go work with the community. So yeah, and fresh we, perspective. We enjoy having your experience oh, to good. rely on when we have different situations. So I think you're a great person to answer some of these questions All right. for us. So All right. the first question I have for you is, How do you define a successful community project? Okay, yeah. Well, first and foremost, what people are probably going to focus on, and I think this is right, is does it look good? Is it acceptable as a physical thing? Um, Is this community or the local group going to be happy with it? So does it look good Mm -hmm. and does it function well? You know, that's probably the biggest thing. If you didn't do that, you didn't um, nail it, so to speak. But beyond that, there's things you and I probably look at that, like, is it being maintained? Is it valued by the community? Uh, those are things that and it, I always quickly go to maintenance. Is it being accepted and carried forward with a group of people? If it is, then you know you've, you've been successful. That's a good definition. I like that, being carried forward. It wasn't just planted. They, they stuck with it right. and liked it enough yep. to care. Okay. The next question then is, in your experience, what has predicted project success before you start? Yeah, I think the a number one thing is a really committed champion that, or two or three, <clears throat> but a couple people 
that you find a way to know, boy, they're in it for the long haul here, and they're not just going to get it done and move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, without that, it's hard to have that transitionary thing where other people are going to get involved and care for it. So I would say that's the biggest thing. But then again, I, going back to the previous one, is there a commitment to maintenance? Yeah. Uh, you you want to hear that out of them early and often. Yeah, I agree. Okay. And then on the negative side, are there a couple red flags that when a project approaches you, you're like, hmm, I'm a little hesitant on this one? Yeah, probably like if they're fishing for plants or money and they're not very flexible on design and planning, uh, they've got it all figured out, uh, that would be a red flag to me because the best projects happen when there's uh, collaboration amongst people and ideas and efforts. And if that's missing, you're you're probably going to be a failure. Um, and then I'll go right back to maintenance. Have they said anything about maintenance? If not... Uh, Maybe a red flag. Yeah, we had to actually change our application process to specifically require people to mention maintenance because yep. left to their own devices, they would avoid the topic yep. completely. So I, that's great. To wrap up, is there any advice that you would give to a new project? Somebody who's sitting in the audience thinking about trying to get something started in their community. Yeah, there's probably a hundred ways to think about that or do that. But one thing I would encourage people to try is just round up a couple trees, get a few people you know to come help plant them, or maybe redo a flower bed in the park or something. But use that little thing to be a springboard to greater thinking about this. Capture a couple people to come along with you mm-hmm. before you figure out what project you want to do. Make sure you have a couple uh strong-willed people coming along with you then you'll be successful i like that try them out on something small yeah make sure they'll stick around yeah Yeah, right smart all right well is there anything else you want to say in wrap-up oh boy uh well it's all worth the effort you know there's probably more involved to a successful project than people might initially come into thinking and it could be daunting and scare them away but it is worth it if you follow it through I agree. The projects we've worked with that that do, even if they don't start with any, you know, hard knowledge, but they're ready to do the work. It's so rewarding when we go back and see how proud they are of their successes. Yeah. And usually it leads to other community activities that are hard to, you don't count in trees and plants, but just cohesion Mm -hmm. and a successful community. So, yeah, sometimes our jobs are very hard to report on because just numbers of trees on a on a sheet of our accomplishments doesn't always yep. tell the whole story. Doesn't so. tell the whole story. Well, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. All right. I was glad to do it. Yeah. Thanks for asking All me. right. Good work. Well, that was just wonderful and insightful and hopefully will help people plan some projects. I think I'm going to just send this episode straight to all my incoming applicants. Right. We'll just post it right on uh, here's the application and here's a podcast to listen to. (laughs) In addition to your intro webinar, you can also listen to this podcast. Right. Oh, man. Okay. That might be too much information. They might feel overwhelmed. Yeah. That'd be a red flag for them for us. It would. Anyway, that was lots of fun. If you have questions or you have any interest in starting a project in your community, let us know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Even we talk a lot about our financial assistance, but we assist projects just with advice as well. Right, that don't don't need the funding. Right, Mm -hmm. or that we don't always have to give, but we 
we help in a lot of ways. Yes. Okay. Have you prepared a plant of the week? I have. I will start. Okay. So it has warmed up a bit. We're getting false spring, I think, right now. First mud season, that's what. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. The mud. It's unending. Um, Anyways, so Alistair, my dog, has been spending a lot of time outside because, you know, it warms up and he just doesn't come inside then. I don't blame him. When I finally make him come inside, he is covered in aster seed (laughs) i have found that he has created a little pathway that goes right under my lady in black asters and just it's it's like head to toe on him just on top of his yes yes (laughs) which one illustrates how that seed disperses yes (laughs) um Two, I'm wondering where lady in black aster is gonna pop up in my yard everywhere but I like it, so I'm, I'm probably not going to pull it or anything. And three, I'm worried if I don't clean well enough, it'll pop up in my house. I was going to say that you <laughs> might find it in your house plants. Yes. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but that's been fun to watch. That's fun. Yeah. I can just picture that. If you think of it, take a picture. I will. Yes. What is your plan to the week? Okay. I actually meant to do this one last episode, but I forgot. Sure. So I pulled out my Which shrubs. But will actually be... No, you were right. Sorry. <laughs> so I pulled out my shrub idea, but I'm going back to this one. Um, I can be kind of hard on rudbeckias because they're aggressive seeders in yeah. the garden and they're really hard to manage. Mm-hmm. And this particular patch in my yard, I do have to manage heavily, but they make the seed heads make excellent snowman faces. Oh, <laughs> We were having a hard time getting like rocks or anything to stick in for eyes. Um, and I have a four-year-old. He's not the most, you know, yeah. what do you call it? Fine motor. Yeah, dexterity. fine motor skills, still mm-hmm. a challenge. So I snapped off these nice round Rudbeckia heads with a little bit of stem. And we stuck the stem all the way into the snow. There and they go. Just, it made the perfect snowman face. So there's an idea. And... Now I'll probably have to pull Rudbecky out of the lawn. Yeah. Um, At least you can mow it. Yeah. Just I don't think over. it'll live in there, but <laughs> it was fun. It yeah. had a great snowman. That's awesome. He's been melted now. Yes. Those those snow, that melted quickly. It melted very quickly. Mm-hmm. I had to go rescue our hat and scarf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ended up in the mud. I know. I saw some neighbor kids build snow forts and things, and now they're like I this mush. weird looking Ooh. big. Yeah. Anyways. I did not predict how traumatic the melting of a snowman is oh, at that no. age though because <laughs> one of our favorite christmas movies is frosty the snowman uh-huh. so he's like well he'll come back no he won't oh, come no. back but we can build another one because i'm right. sure we'll get more snow that's right there you go all right well that's fun i'm glad so thank you for listening everybody don't forget to send in your questions like sarah said if you want to start a community project or if you want to support a community project let us know and we'll be happy to um, walk you through it help plan all that good stuff and we're coming up on gardening season so if you have questions send them on in and at this time we still have a couple more plant talks coming up and then also our friends at the forest service are going to be doing tree care workshops uh coming up so make sure to check our website plantnebraska.org to get a full listing of those or you can check the forest service website which is nfs.unl.edu and um, rate and review us because that's what helps get the word out bloombox and bloombox growing deeper are both programs of the nebraska statewide arboretum